Welcome to the affiliate interview series by Statstrom. Today we talk with Glaswegian SEO legend Craig Campbell. Let's get to it. Yeah, we were just uh, chatting about uh, we were just chatting about um, like all the different conferences that you're going to be in uh, the Chiang Mai SEO event. And tell me tell me what's going on there. Like it it seems like it's a small event, but I've met a lot of people in the the SEO space and iGaming that go there. And it's almost like when I ask them about this event, they don't know about this. But people in the SEO community kind of know what's going on there. Yeah, so I think for me, um, it's the one event uh, that I've been to where everyone from all over the world goes to it. It's like, I don't know why they're drawn to it. Maybe it's a Thailand thing, I'm not sure, but everyone seems to just go there for like two weeks, have a holiday, it's the end of the year, let their hair down, and obviously take part in the conference as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a kind of, I'm not going to say it's an unknown gem because it clearly is known, you know, it's sold out within 25 hours. Yeah. Um, so it's unfair to say it's an unknown gem, but, you know, a lot of people don't, go to it um you know the seo community is far bigger than the a thousand people that bought these tickets but yeah it's uh it's uh it's one of those ones it's it's obviously far away for a lot of people it's a big commitment to get yourself out to thailand and all that kind of stuff but it really is one of the most enjoyable events that i've been to in the past i was there in 2018 so it was five years ago and it's not been on for the last four years um because of COVID and whatnot. So I don't know if it's just, there's all this, people have been missing it and it's just built up a lot of frustration that people have not been able to get out there and boom, those tickets came out and everyone's gone. But yeah, genuinely, what we're saying off here is that even if you were not to listen to the content that was on stage, you know, the, the people that attend um, are very, very smart people doing a lot of weird and wonderful things. And I took a lot of... Uh, inspiration and ideas and, and all that kind of stuff um, away from that event the, the last time I was there. Um, and yeah, just it's it's that place where people are in iGaming or the other weird and wonderful niches and, you know, you, you just sit down and chat to these guys and they're making a lot of money and making a lot of headway in their... Um, you know, respective niches, and for me, that that's what keeps us all going, and you know, just a bit of motivation and stuff, pushing each other along, um, to to be the best we can be. Yeah, it sounds like the networking part is maybe potentially the more valuable part, where people are, like you said, networking, talking. You get to learn a lot from uh, the panels, but I think it's really fine, like talking to people and kind of going, okay, you know, they let their hair down and they they just talk about what works, and you know. Not, everyone's not looking at each other going, oh, this is my competition or I can't share you anything. Yeah, exactly. People literally don't give a shit um, about what they're doing or, or worrying about you stealing their niche or whatever. So that's nah, fairly open. And uh, yeah, I, as I say, obviously I'm speaking there this year, but even if I wasn't, you know, it would be certainly one of those events that I'd be going to uh, as an attendee. Yeah. I think I might have got the last ticket. <laughs> I seen I seen that, and uh, I've had many messages since because I was traveling on Monday when the tickets were released, so I didn't get to promote it uh, until yesterday. <coughs> and even at that, it was sold out, and people are like, 
dude, is there no, is this some bullshit? Is there going to be more sales? Um, people will pull out. Um, you know, you've got the opportunity to not go. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure you could move your ticket on to someone else. But I had a few disappointed people message me saying, yeah, there's nothing left. What, what You know, can you sort me out? And I'm like, I don't have, I don't have any clout. Um, to, to be able to sort out extra spaces there, you know, it is what it is. I guess there's maybe a black market for these tickets now. Potentially, you know, <laughs> I think uh, Justin Bieber doesn't even sell concerts out that quick. Um, and uh, there could be a business within that, buy up all the tickets and, and double up on them. <laughs> I'm sure if that happened, uh, Matt would have to, uh, Matt Diggity would have to change uh, the structure of uh, how the event is sold. Yeah. I'm sure, but now nah, people won't want to do that, you know. I think uh, getting your ticket and going, and I, I'm pretty sure he, he will have limited the amount you can one person can buy. So yeah, it, it seems like it's more a community event than anything. Like it's yeah, like it's not a lot of people. But uh, when I've gone to some smaller conferences, that's been the interesting part of being able to network with people. Where the bigger events, like you know, Sigma or iGaming business, it's a zoo of people, and you're lucky to to be able to chat with a couple. You know, people that you really want to see, and sometimes you're just like, nope, no time. You just don't. You run like even we were supposed to. You know, I know you messaged me prior to Sigma. I might see you out there, but by the time you get there, you get dragged out to dinner with someone you meet, and and before you know it, you're you're leaving, uh, and there's twenty five thousand people, and you don't get to meet the people that you maybe potentially actually wanted to meet. So it was a monstrous event. Twenty five thousand people. It was a chaotic and I can't I think I went to that conference the day I was speaking I didn't go any other day it was just too busy for me I hate that level of uh, people uh, the, you know that volume of people that's just anxiety all over the place uh, for me so um, I stayed away <laughs> away from the event um, other than uh, turning up to speak so yeah it's hard to network with, with something of that size. And what's crazy is that uh, there's a lot of people that hang out at the hotels and the hotel bar itself is like a hopping area. You could easily spend the entire couple of days there and just network. Yeah. That's all I've done. Hung out at my hotel and people came there and uh, we made some good fun and some good times. But very small amount of people. <laughs> you know, I probably got to meet 50 people tops that are out of the 25,000. So. Wow. Yeah, the the stats are not great, but it is it is what it is. But it was fun. Yeah, it was good for me. So yeah, we were like chatting uh, just before this call. I was like, hey, uh, let's get you on this uh, podcast, and you're like, let's do it now. So no time to prep, but I've known of you for like quite a few years, and I follow a lot of things you do. So I mean, my point form notes are like, you know, you're an SEO. You um, you've got your own SEO courses. Um, I've been following you, doing a lot of video for quite some time, and I know I've. I've asked you for some tips on like, you know, what has video done for you? And um, I'm pretty sure you, you would say it's done a lot in terms of helping your own business as well as um, I'm assuming you do a lot of work in, on the affiliate side too. Yeah. So I try and focus a lot more on the affiliate side uh, now um, just because I've, I've been able to build up a little bit of a brand and uh, awareness uh, and do a lot of video stuff and people want to, obviously get their, their products or services or whatever promoted um, through those channels. So it's, uh, yeah, video for me 
has worked very, very well. And, you know, I think I really kicked off the video stuff when COVID hit. Um, I wasn't able to speak at conferences and stuff like that for a few years. So video was the next best thing. And uh, I have done very well and done podcasts and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's still obviously networking and learning and, and all that kind of stuff all rolled into one. So I thoroughly enjoy uh, the video side of it. But I think um, in reality, a lot of people are scared to do videos for one reason or another or don't want their face out there. Uh, but for me, I, I think, you know, you've got the ability to shove this stuff out in social media, on YouTube and, and all over the place. So it it's content, you know, and I'd rather talk than type out a blog, you know, and figure out the heading, the subheadings and blah, 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 blah. It's easy for it just to roll out and then get someone else to chop up the video and distribute it. So for me, it's easier than, um, than you know, doing the old style blog posts. But from a personal side, I consume a lot of content in, in video format. I hate reading. Um, long blog posts and stuff like that. So, again, you know, I can go out a walk and I can listen to the headphones and listen to the video uh, and podcast type of, type of thing. So, for me, it's a personal thing. Uh, I, I prefer consuming that type of content, and uh, and you know, because of that, I've I've focused a lot on it over the years, and it's been very very good for me. Yeah, it seems like uh, you know, you're right. I think a lot of uh, people that when they want to get into video, they're more they're more uptight about, you know, not saying something stupid or, you know, not having that practice of actually doing it. But I think when, once you get started, that changes things. But that kind of opens up the door for saying, well, if people are actually like we already know this is happening. People are making a transition to uh, consuming content as not just text. I mean, look at Audible for books. Uh, I mean, there's so many video platforms these days and podcasting. It's kind of like a. No, it's the new thing. But um, I think, uh, do you think affiliates should actually look at going, how can they incorporate video rather than going back to like, okay, I'm just going to stay behind the computer, not be too public and, you know, not get uncomfortable with video and just write content? I mean, obviously there, there are certain industries um, that people do hide uh, behind the, the content that they put out uh, and they don't have that video content and they do very, very well. You know, I've got friends um, who do, you know, a, a serious amount of content and they still make relatively good money. But I think it depends on the niche that you're in. I think in the our industry, the SEO space, people consume content, they, you know, in, in a different way and they want to see over-the-shoulder tutorials and and you know sh you know demonstrations of you know the tools and and how things work in our industry and i think for me rather than reading something in text i'd rather say john can you just screen share with me show me how the f and hell you're doing what you're doing um, and you know I, I can pick that up quickly so i think because we have a lot of tools um and weird and wonderful ways of doing things uh, the, the video works amazingly well. It might not work the same in the hairdressing industry, for example, where I think images might be better than videos, um, you know, showing different types of haircuts and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's different for every industry, but certainly for ours, um, I think you can grab capture a lot more attention uh, by doing the over-the-shoulder 
stuff in demonstrating the, the the amazing tools that we have, and they're always coming out. And I'm pretty sure you're the same. Um, you know, obsessed with all the latest automation and everything else that, that's out there. So, uh, you know, just talking about it, you know, and, and seeing a face talking about it, it's not enough. We want to see, you know, screens and uh, demonstrations of how these things work. Yeah, and my take on all of this, and maybe it's a change in in SEO itself, is uh, like you can always get ghostwriters galore. So it's like, is there a real person behind there? So you, this whole idea about eat, which is like you know authorities part of it, it's uh, you can't really get more authoritative than like we're not at the stage where we're faking videos yet and saying okay, we're gonna you know use AI and make Craig talk about you know something else that he's not an expert in. But um, it's like once you know your stuff, you can't really hide from it. But I think that's where people, they kind of go, I see you on video. I trust you. And, you know, my take on it is like even when you looked at LinkedIn, I saw something this morning that said people don't like press releases. They like stories. And it's like this is why the stories inside LinkedIn are resonating. So when people start uh, like sharing like, okay, this is something that really moved me. It's like some people might complain saying, hey, this isn't for LinkedIn. But it's like. Um, well, apparently it is because, you know, look at the engagement and look at the reactions. Yeah. Now that's it. As I say, you've got to follow what's working, what's been engaged with and uh, what people want and uh, follow that sense. The, the platforms are opening all this stuff, you know, kind of stuff up and whether that's LinkedIn and stories or Instagram reels and stories and everything else that you can do on the various different platforms. You've got to try and utilise them all and see what gets picked up. Uh, and I think shorter form content, you know, a story or something, you know, even YouTube shorts, people don't always want to listen to a big long podcast of, you know, people talking shit for an hour or whatever it might be. Like us. Um, you know, <laughs> the, you know, my video editor does a lot of YouTube shorts and, and you know, tries to clip the important things from videos that I'm on and, and share them and they, they do reasonably well. So, um, you know, more people are consuming uh, that. They don't want to hear all the other stuff. They just want the the bullet points, uh, which I totally get as well. So you've just got to chop it all up. And as I say, talking for an hour can potentially make 10, 20, 30 different clips. Yeah. And on top of it, um, another thing that I've, I've read that it's kind of like, uh, you know, the video content has the ability to convert people. So I, I think I asked Matt Diggity this about like, you know, he does all, obviously a lot of video and he basically said like, you know, the conversion rate of video is just far more substantial than a blog post. And I think it goes full circle to, you know, it's people talking. It's like, hey, I can trust this person. Yeah. People buy into people and if you come across as a trustworthy or a, a likable character, then you know, pe pe that's what people want. They need something to, to, to buy into. All right. Let's talk about AI because I noticed you uh, meant, uh, did a post uh, this morning talking about, uh, I think you're on another podcast and how, how are you using AI in your affiliate sites? <laughs> um, not that well. Um, I'm still fairly skeptical of AI. Um, I said on that podcast, I, I have tried it. You know, I've, I've got websites that are AI only. You know, I'm just smashing out a whole bunch of content. Am I finding it that easy? Um, no. You know, a lot of it's struggling to stick and I'm playing around with different tools. I'm playing around with different, <coughs> um, you know, 
ways of doing it. So whether that's taking it, you know, from something like Chat GPT, um, you know, paraphrasing it, then using Grammarly, and then getting a human editor to edit parts of it, you know, something like that sticks a lot better than just taking it purely from Chat GPT. Um, and Again, you've just got to play around with the right formula and see what works and what sticks and what doesn't. And for me, taking it purely from ChatGPT and slapping it on a website isn't that effective at all. Um, but does AI work in terms of being able to do tweets for you? Does it do a whole bunch of other stuff for you? Of course it does. You know, you can even get it to respond to emails um, for you, uh, you know, get it. To, to help you with code. So there's so many benefits to it. Um, but I think, you know, from an SEO perspective and, and a content perspective, I'm still on the fence as to whether I would uh, completely go down the route of AI content because I think it will catch up with us. And, uh, you know, I, 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 that's my assumption, whether I'm right or wrong. I hope I'm wrong. It would be amazing for this stuff to just stick and we don't have to worry about it. But... I think Google will come down hard on it and wipe out a lot of content. So I'm not all out on AI is the short answer. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat. It's uh, I'm using it more for um, how to write better emails. Uh, there's a tool I've been using called Lavender, um, and that's pretty cool. And aside from that, all else I'm doing is I'm making um, AI backgrounds for videos I'm doing. So when I've got the green screen out, I just say, OK, I need this specific background. So one was I did an awards, a fake awards ceremony. I'm like, you know, awards backdrop. And I was like, perfect, done. Like, where else are you going to get this from? Exactly, exactly. So that, I think there's many benefits from a marketing perspective um, overall. So I, I wouldn't quash it. But, yeah, just use it at your own, at your own risk is what I'd be saying just now until I get more conclusive evidence of, how effective it's sticking, uh, and, and obviously over a prolonged period of time, um, then I won't be going down the rabbit hole of sacking off all content writers and, and going all out um, chat GPT. Uh, so with your experience in, in you know doing a lot in video, how would you recommend people get started? Like, I mean, there's a whole rabbit hole, like when you type in, okay, how to start a podcast or how to start your own video series or, you know, get on YouTube and start making content that you're meant to kind of push towards affiliate marketing. Uh, what are your tips? I mean, I think uh, my tips to people are, you know, the first thing that people always ask me is, you know, how do you overcome the nerves? How do you do this, that, and the next thing? No one really gives a shit. And, you know, as long as you've got something presentable in your background, you've got a good mic, a, a, a decent camera, which I don't have today, because um, it's short notice, but um, but you know I think as long as you've got the right equipment, um, you've got to just get over yourself. People are like, oh, my hair's not sitting right, or you know whatever. Who, who cares? Um, you know, is reality. And I think once you start getting a few under your belt, you start to get a feel for it. You become more comfortable with it. And uh, you know, for me, I am not a professional speaker or video person or, or anything like that. But if you've got the knowledge, then everything else should pull together. As long as the audio is good um, and you're giving them something reasonably, um, 
visual, um, you know, semi-decent background, you know, you've got a couch and stuff like that there. Other people say that's the wrong thing to have. You should have lights and, uh, you know, all these kind of fancy things in the background. The reality is who gives a backgrounds like you know as, as long as the lighting and the audio are are there i think just go for it and don't waffle too much um i'm probably a culprit where i talk too much but, but you know don't waff into different directions uh and I, I think you just learn by experience just getting getting them done and putting them out there and you get feedback uh, people saying you don't talk well or you stutter too much or you do this or do that and you'll take that that criticism and uh, before you know it you'll you, you become good at it so I don't think I, I think too many people overthink it and worry about what other people say just roll it out you know I've done podcasts with people where we just chat some fucking bullshit you know it's unstructured I do weekly Q&A sessions where it's off the cuff with people uh you know, the rawness is what people buy into. Uh, it doesn't have to be BBC-style production. Um, and I think everyone always has that expectation in their head, oh, you know, it has to be this or it has to be that. I think the rawness of it is what I enjoy and, and like seeing, you know, people sitting around in their house or whatever crazy backdrop <laughs> they've got going on. So don't overthink it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I know for people on my team, it's, uh, you know, they I, I get them to record a video and then they're like, oh, I've recorded it uh, eight or nine times and one hour goes by and they don't have that one minute video done because they're wanting it to be perfect. And and for me, I'm like, I'm in the same mindset. I've just kind of learned to stop caring and going, you know, I think people like seeing, okay, this is, uh, you know, a real person, you know, they make mistakes and it's, uh, you know, we're not all, uh, you know, coming from journalism backgrounds and the way the way i think about it is it would be the same equivalent if you said to me craig if we were in the same location craig do you want to come for a beer and we just chat some about whatever we want to talk about it's the same thing you know there's going to be stutters there's going to be this that and the next thing and i've always tried to think of it like you know i'm going to speak to you the same way as i would speak to you uh, down the pub and uh it is what it is. Um, don't worry about anything else, whether your hair's sticking up or, or whatever. And even for this, you know, you mentioned, you know, do you want to jump in the podcast? Sure, let, let's do it now. Like, don't, let's not f*** around and, uh, you know, try and come up with all these crazy questions or whatever. So this is all off the cuff and I think it always comes out a lot better. And yeah. when they are off the cuff, I think you can overcomplicate things. Um, by trying to have rigid questions and sticking to an exact time and you're rushing through things and it just doesn't come out the other end very well. Yeah, in my experience in uh, doing this podcast, it's uh, usually I have a, a set of questions I write out, but the tangents always happen. I'm like, hey, if we're talking about something that's really interesting, I don't mind to be like, veer off. And sometimes, uh, you know, quite often, it's like half the questions don't get asked just because... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm like, no, I want to, I want to go down this uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. So, that would be my advice: is just don't overthink it too much. Just go for it, and uh, and you soon know when you when you put it out on Facebook, someone will have something to say, um, whether it be crap camera, crap, you know, echoey <laughs> background or whatever. Someone's always got something to say, and even at that. You know, if you had the perfect production, someone still gets something to say. But I think uh, you learn as you go along and adapt. And uh, that's how I've always found it. I've been 
chinned uh, for them all, called names, called this, told my mic, told my camera, my background, the whole works. And I started out with Sam Rush many years ago. And there's a guy that was behind Sam Rush at the time, and I'm actually doing a podcast with him tomorrow, um, Anton Shulka. Shulka, yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> his... <laughs> his standards are insane. So you'd buy all this stuff and you'd like, Craig, your camera's bollocks, your, your mic's bollocks. And you're like, dude, um, I've just like, bought all this so-called good stuff. Um, but um, you, you you ain't getting past Anton. He'll find something um, to, to get you for. And uh, I always laugh about it, but it's good to have standards. But yeah, he yeah. was the one you couldn't win. Anton is never happy. Something's yeah. Okay. So I'll keep that in mind if I if I get him on board because I've been chatting with him for quite some time and he's got insane experience doing webinars and virtual events. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, you could have BBC style and you still find something. But yeah, it's uh, he's the man. He uh, ironed out a lot of kinks in my. <laughs> setups over the years uh, so yeah he's a great guy and uh, very honest you know the the <laughs> these guys uh, from, from Eastern Europe they don't mince their words it's just this is this is um, that <laughs> shit so it was really funny yeah well we're having this chat in the morning without a beer unlike in Malta which uh, that could have been a probable reality and uh, a lot of other interesting business tangents but we'll wrap it up here uh, Craig, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, how can people get a hold of you and tell us about all the different things you're working on? Because I know you've got courses, but what else do you do? <laughs> um, so you can find me on craigcampbellseo.com or you can find me on any social media platform. There's, just look for Craig Campbell SEO. I'm sure you'll find me. Um, I buy and sell a lot of websites at the moment. I'm opening up a marketplace uh, in order to, to facilitate that as well, which is launching in a few weeks' time. Um, I dabble in affiliate. I do consultancy. Um, the training side of it, I still do in-person training courses. I try and give a lot of value away for free on YouTube. Um, I don't sell courses anymore. I just <laughs> and, and I'll tell you one little story actually before we wrap up. I used to do a lot of courses and I actually hated those guys who steal your course. So someone will buy it you know, uh, or group buy it or whatever they're doing, they'll take take all your stuff and, and then sell it on for a fiver or whatever on these torrent websites. And I decided at a certain point, if anyone was giving my content away for free, it'll be me, not these bandits. Um, you know, and, and obviously to build your, your brand and your email list and all that kind of other stuff, it, it works massively. So putting out a lot of free content actually builds up a mailing list, a following, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it actually worked very well in my favour. Um, I didn't realise, you know, how well it would do. But, you know, I, I gave away a free course at the start of COVID and I had 50,000 sign-ups overnight. Wow, um, that is a ton. On So that's a lot of people, um, a lot of data, a lot of emails, um, a lot of people to retarget and all that kind of stuff. So... Think of the bigger picture and, you know, put out a lot, a lot of free content and, you know, it does 
keep keep the brand thing going and all that kind of stuff. So and and off the back of that, you can still make money, um, you know, with with a list of that size and so on and so forth. So don't be. I, I try and not be short sighted and try and charge everyone for every course under the sun. Offer value up front, and the the consultancy and everything else comes comes from the back of that. So. Um, it works out well for me, and that that's pretty much all I do. Um, I've got a few other bits and bobs going on, e-com stores and stuff, but <coughs> um, it's all, all SEO related. But yeah, don't do the course thing anymore. Uh, or if you're going to do it, just go straight uh, for the free route, because uh, I remember watching a lot of your posts where you'd have the Black Friday deal, and then uh, someone would like steal it. And I, I remember watching your posts. You were just constantly chasing these people. And then eventually you're just like, screw it here. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, there does come a time where you're just like, do you know what? You can't win this fight um, other than doing what I've done. Um, so, yeah, it was it was rather annoying. But uh, the statistics go. So even when I sold courses um, against, you know, giving them away for free, 91% of the people don't even finish the course, regardless yeah. whether they pay for it or not. So um that's that's a kind of weird stat that I found out along there. So just put it out for free and people consume what parts of it they, they need or want to. And uh, I think longer term that's did me in good stead. Yeah, and I think probably the last tip to uh jump on what you've just shared is that. Uh, there's always a value. So once you have that data, it's like, well, what else are these people interested in? You know, there's always something you can do. Always, always. So don't be short-sighted. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. And I'm sure I'll see you at another event and at a minimum, Chiang Mai later this year. For sure. Look forward to it, mate. Thank you so much for listening. And wherever you listen to this podcast, please leave a rating and a comment and would greatly appreciate it. Thank you.